and welcome back to The Building Blonde. My name is Piper Stromat, and I am your host. Today, I have the wonderful David Peake, and he is with Progress Lighting. David, thank you so much for joining us, and I, I can't wait to talk about lighting more with you today. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> so, if you don't know, David is a mastermind and does a lot of product development with Progress Lighting. Um, David, tell me a little bit about your brief background and kind of what goes into your day-to-day right now. For those who may not even know about progress or kind of what you do in general. Yeah, so pretty much been in lighting my whole career. I won't tell how old I am, but uh, it's more than a couple of decades. Um, I started out as an industrial designer. So that was you know, uh, how I got into the business. Um, and so I've been, you know, between design and product management for all that time. You know, really what life looks for us right now uh, we have a lot of suppliers that aren't, um, you know, uh, here local to us. So we're doing a lot of virtual product development, which has been real interesting. Wow. We're trying to realize the physical world, you know, physical objects, dimensions, and space, and finishes, and textures, but largely doing it, you know, through um, computer interactions. So it's been a, a real big change, you know, over the last few years. That is amazing. So... That, A, has to be challenging, but B, for the end user, I think that is remarkable how much y'all are doing and still being able to do over a virtual reality world, I guess you would say. Um, being an end user of Progress Lighting for, oh gosh, over eight years now, I'm a huge fan. Um, also, one of the design influencers, which I've had so much fun being a part of uh, your company and getting to know each one of you more and more, but I just I think that's so remarkable how you come up with a concept and then follow it through and now the more challenging part going through virtual of all of this design product development. So kudos to y'all on that and your team. That's remarkable. Um, So for those out there, tell me a little bit or tell our listeners and whoever is watching this today, tell us a little bit about progress and kind of what you all stand for and what your product basically is. So, I mean, we've, we've got kind of, you know, in our mindset, we, we think in terms of affordable luxury. We want to develop things that are first and foremost just, you know, beautiful and add to our customers' you know, homes or businesses, wherever they're using our product. Um, you know, a, a, a fixture, when it's in that space, you don't first and foremost think, oh, I paid hundred dollars for that or a thousand dollars today you want to think this is this fits me and fits my eye yeah um, this coordinates with my room and it makes me feel comfortable in the space Absolutely. so we, we do first and foremost we want to make beautiful things that people fall in love with but um, you know they need to be um, affordable that you know people don't have to have you know a, a million dollar budget to have a home that looks like a million bucks. Yeah, uh, and so you know, we really do focus on uh, you know more kind of the mainstream. We do obviously a lot of products with home builders who have a pretty keen eye on you know the cost of the uh, of their home. So uh, you know really it's it, it it is both the art and the business. Of lighting, how do do we bring again kind of affordable luxury into our customers' home? And you know that absolutely, I think you embodied every single reason why I use Progress because it's 
my specialties comfort luxury and i think it is affordable it looks luxurious but you don't have to break your arm and a leg to be able to afford something that comes out of there and the designers that you all work with really just implement that too i think and it's so versatile no matter you a lot of your sconces you can mount up and mount down and you can do so many different things with it. So I think that is, you explained it completely perfect. And I think that's exactly why I use it every single day. Um, well, multiple times a day almost. <laughs> so a couple of questions. Tell me really what goes into your day-to-day. Like what does that really look like when you're coming up with something from start to finish and kind of a timeline with all of that, if you don't mind. Yeah, so a, a couple of day things. And this was, um, uh, we had a, an interior design intern about three or four years ago. And she, uh, you know, we brought her in with the aim of, okay, we know you can use our products and translate them into a living environment. Can we work this backwards? And one of the things she really reminded me of was we almost always started with the style or the idea of the way we wanted something to look. Yeah. She really refocused us on on the people that we're connecting with. Wow! Um, so we have spent, you know, really at the at the very early stage of the process, we're we're trying to think about okay, what what's happening in our in our ultimate final user's life, right? What is right. what? Not just what does the space look like, but what are they trying to achieve in that space? How do they live in that space? Um, so, you know, that, that does, again, come down to both how it looks. Um, but even though it's a light fixture that you don't touch that often, we're thinking about how will you interact with it, right? Changing light bulbs, cleaning it, installing it. So all of those things are really coming um, very early on and just live on top of everything else. And then um, between myself and our uh, designers and our team, then we start looking at trends. Um, you know, obviously, you can't talk about the world today without talking about <laughs> baby boomers and Gen X and millennials. But All you know, kind of get beyond those superficial, you know, kind of labels uh, to identify. Okay, what are the what are the the styles that people are connecting with? Yeah. And again, we're we want to be pretty mainstream, so these aren't the the real kind of fringe or edgy styles. So. Of course, the, the biggest one over the last few years has been farmhouse. Yep. Um, I know for a lot of interior designers, <laughs> they're, they're ready to kick it to the curb. Let's go. Let's get this. <laughs> but, you know, so we continue to look at, okay, how, do we, how is it evolving? You know, it's gone from the, the milk can, <laughs> you know, the, 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 mason the farm jar. implement. <laughs> it's getting softer. It's getting more sophisticated. Um, and so both from a form and a finish, it's how, do, how do we continue to move so that we're staying in, staying in step with that customer? And then our designers, because from a, from a timing, we need anywhere from about 12 up to 24 months wow. to bring an idea to market. So, you know, we, we, we joke, you know, uh, about our crystal walls, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I ask my designers kind of every day, what is, what's in your crystal ball? Um, and, and so we have some trend services and new sites you know, that we really follow very closely. And 
then obviously we're, we're looking at influencers like yourself because what you do is very often use the product in some really unexpected way that for us just, you know, sparks our imagination. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, I, I never thought of it that way. And it, and it leads us to kind of, again, rethink scale. Um, uh, uh, the, the general kind of form of the product. Yeah. Um, and then and obviously, you know, ultimately we make light fixtures, so we want to make something that, that is functional, you know, along with being beautiful to look at. Absolutely. And I think, so that kind of goes back to, Catherine and I worked on a piece a couple, I guess it's almost like a year ago, um, and it was in the Experience Progress Catalog um, that, came, that came to come out with the Better Homes and Garden pieces, and it was really, how do you choose lighting? How do you go about what lighting levels do you use? What layered lighting do you use? Are people going to just use cans? Or are we still using decorative? So I think that you all have done a really, really good job of creating diversity between all of your products to where it allows me as the end user and interior designer to say, ooh, I could really use that sconce as a wall washer, or I could use that sconce just coming over and making task lighting almost. And that's been something that I think a lot of people have resonated with is task lighting recently too. And you all done a really, <laughs> really good job because it's how do you layer your lighting for at home? What? Like no one thought about this before because you're working from home now. Right, absolutely. I mean, uh, a lot of people sitting at dimly lit kitchen tables over the last two years wishing they had, you know, had been able to think that through or had somebody to guide them through that process when they were building their home. Exactly. And then I think another thing it was super interesting to talk to you all about was coming up with the finishes. You all have so much mixed metals this past market, and I think everybody was craving that for a long time. We're scared of it for a long time, yeah. too. And I think that you all did such a good job with that, so now you've made yourself even more versatile in the market to not only size, shape, form, and function, but also viewable color patterns have changed so much. Give me a little bit of your thought process behind creating some of those fixtures this season. I think... You know, lighting for a, a good while was stuck in a very kind of cookie cutter mindset. And, you know, um, the, one of the most overused phrases was matchy matchy, right? <laughs> your that, dining room matched the kitchen pendants and your sconces. You know, every, everything in the home needed to look like it was, you know, maybe we'll call them families or collections. It, it was, it is a very easy thing to understand, you know, for um, somebody who's not an interior designer, you know, like it's, it's easy, okay, just give me, uh, you know, the progress, you know, whatever collection, and I feel comfortable that it all goes together. But as, as interior designers have become a bigger part of the home building process, and as customers have just gotten more sophisticated, you know, there's so many... Uh, between, you know, of course, social media and, you know, print media and television, they have so much more knowledge about taking risks. And so mixed metal seem to be a way to kind of feed that appetite. It makes the fixtures appearance more rich, yeah. uh, more distinctive. And it also, within your home now, you kind of living, you know, we talk a lot, of course, about warms and cools. Yep. 
Um, and so helping people be comfortable with mixing those warms and cools because it, it just makes the whole visual palette so much more rich and interesting. It does. And I think that's something that you all do really well with is it's, that your lighting is very approachable. You don't have these bulbs that you have to go to Europe to find. And it's just, it's super approachable whenever you're like, okay, what do I specify with this bulb, with this fixture? And no matter which bulb you use, the gold looks the same. The black looks the same. Everything is, it's dynamic. And I think that's something that you all should be proud of because not many lighting companies can hit that many different values within one. So I, I basically applaud you guys on that as well because that's something that that's, I struggle That's good to hear because it's, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know we, we, we definitely work very hard to achieve, you know, that kind of quality and consistency in our product. And it's, it's consistency. I will say you are consistent. And for a lot of our listeners out there, um, Progress actually has one of the only champagne bronzes that actually match Delta, Kohler, and many different brands that you can find. Um, most lighting companies, it's very, it's a very big challenge to find the perfect champagne bronze or champagne gold that a lot of the plumbing manufacturers and different lighting manufacturers. So that's something that makes my life really easy as well as working with a lot of the cabinetry manufacturers, so a lot of the cabinet hardware. Um, you all have a really, really good brass, per se, this champagne, gold champagne bronze. So that's something for our listeners. Definitely take that away today. That is the perfect color if you're looking out there. Um, you all also really coordinate with builders a lot. Tell me about your builders that you work with and some of the programs that go along with that. So if there's some interior designers that are listening how do they take the next step to basically be solely progress, and what does that even look like? Um, well, our, our our primary strategy with uh, with builders is to partner with them uh, directly. Probably for many of them in the past, they went to their local you know, electrical distributor and kind of like, what do you have? Right. Uh, but we, we work very closely with them. Of course, we have you know, account representatives across the country. And then um, you know, within our corporate structure, we have dedicated um, account managers who work just solely with builders. And, and we, we generally call them a package. You know, we, we have a, a product line that's nearly 5,000 products. So even the best designers, you know, their eyes glaze over <laughs> the first time they see and the breadth of the line. I'll say that. Uh, yeah, so those so those account managers are very knowledgeable about you know, what's the what's the um, ultimate kind of price point of the home. What is the builder's uh, you know spend available uh, for that home on lighting? And then we work with them. Okay, uh, you you want to if you're gonna put money into the home, you want to put it in the spaces that people are going to see first. Yes, sir. Um, you know, so, so focus on those public areas, the kitchen and dining and entry. Um, you need to save some money, you know, on a program, you know, look at your closet, the bedrooms, the garages and utility. Um, and so those, those sales managers really, they partner with the builder. Obviously, our goal is to sell light. Right. But we can't really be successful just trying to you know, shove product into our customers, you know, binders, um, because they want to have a smooth selling experience with the, with the in-home buyer. They don't want 
that that, that home buyer is having to make so many decisions. You know, lighting is is, is almost always among the last exactly. you know, that they're doing. They're, they're, they're super sensitive you know, to the whole selling process. So for anybody that would be you know kind of looking to partner with Progress Lighting, uh, you know, unfortunately I don't have like one eight hundred Progress as a, <laughs> as a phone number. I would encourage them to visit ProgressLighting.com and you know, there is a contact us uh, you know type form. And we will connect them with an account manager, you know, that's local to them, uh, you know, that could come either on a site visit, uh, you know, find a place to meet, um, and really just kind of walk them through you know, the, the value that we offer, the services that we offer. And then finally, the product is kind of the end. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's all the things leading up to that is how do, how do we service that business in a way so that they never have to think about lighting again. <laughs> uh, no, no quality issues, no delivery issues, no availability issues, but you know, ultimately our goal. Absolutely, and I'll, I'll contest to that as well. They do a great job of doing it. We get our lighting through Ferguson, and our reps have been phenomenal, as well as I work with a lot of employees at corporate, which is really fun, sure. too. Um, so I know we've talked a little bit about choosing lighting and all of what goes behind it. I want to ask some personal questions to you, if you don't mind. Okay. What? Okay, so I always ask this, and this is like my number one question, is tell me your favorite story. It could be hilarious. It could be like, oh, my gosh, moment. Like, how did that happen? What's one of your top stories that just comes to mind? You're just like, oh, wow, that was in my professional career, and that was a story. Oh, wow. Let me, uh, let me just think for a second. You caught me, uh, <laughs> caught me off guard. Um, so uh, I have a, a couple that I call my radio moments. Uh, so I'm going to end up giving you two, but they're both kind of connected to that. Perfect. Um, uh, so when when I was in uh, college, um, I I graduated during a recession. Uh, so uh, for for people who are my age, they they realized how difficult the time it was to find work at that time. Right. Um, so I was, you know, a fresh graduate, just recently married, just recently found out we were expecting. Aww. So life was getting real in a hurry. <laughs> and um, I, had a, I had a job offer that was going to you know, require me to move a substantial distance away from, you know, family kind of support structure. Yeah. And didn't have a great kind of piece about it, but, you know, it was good. We, we, we got to do it. Right. <laughs> The the morning that I woke up, you know, of course, this is pre-email, pre-cell phone. <laughs> the morning that I woke up, you know, to, to call the uh, company to accept the, the job, the very first thing that came on the radio that morning was, this is a, a major international company, IBM. Yeah. IBM announces layoffs of 25,000 people. Oh, my gosh. Right. That's probably not good. <laughs> you just accept it. Um, and, and, and sure enough, um, you know, the, the, the people that I was talking with, you know, working to make me an offer were affected. Oh, man. And so it just really stands out for me personally in that, um, you know, whatever your kind of belief system, that somebody's watching out for you Absolutely. on good days. Yeah. That, you know, before I had picked up my you know, emerging family and moved, you know, away from everybody I knew and loved. Yeah. You know, 
something something kicked me off that things weren't going well. Uh, and and then another one, this is uh, again kind of similar to the radio, is that uh, my wife and I, when we were dating, we met in college. Um, we were, you know, like a lot of college students, kind of, you know, didn't have a lot of money. <laughs> so, you know, you find simple ways to entertain yourself. And, and we went to a big university. Um, so it was, it was a football day. Uh, the school was playing, you know, a big game. Yeah. The town was, was alive with excitement. And uh, we were listening to the football game on the radio. It's just kind of, kind of an enjoyable, you know, kind of, visualizing what's happening. We didn't have a TV to be able to watch what was happening. Um, and both of us just had this moment where we were captured by the excitement that people felt over the sporting event. And it just struck us that we were looking for that kind of excitement in other areas of our life. You know, I think, yeah. I think in modern language, you would call that like, what is your passion? Right. You know, it just, you know, football games are, are big and exciting. That area, you know, you don't have to be a football fan to kind of appreciate, right. uh, you know, all, all the buzz that gets going through that. But it just struck us in that moment, like, these people are so enthusiastic about something that, you know, in the end, it's just a game. Exactly. It's just people playing on the field, you know. Uh, and it, uh, it, it really strengthened our relationship. We weren't married at the time. Uh, it really strengthened our relationship, kind of gave us this common bond of how we were approaching life and what we were seeking to accomplish. That's so special. Well, thank you for sharing that. That was good. That's a, really, that's a good one. That's a good one. So tell me a little bit, how did you get started? Before you started working with Progress, how did you get started in the product development? Like, what was the aha moment of, I want to do this for a long time? <laughs> well, um, I was not an especially good student. And so um, in college, I was I was academically, I was doing okay. You know, <laughs> but I was, you know, of course, trying to find my way again you know, yeah. I, I went to school at a time it's not like today where the the cost is so ridiculously high you know there was a little bit more breathing room to, <laughs> to find yourself um, and I, I had intended to study architecture okay um, I, I feel like George Costanza from Seinfeld when I say that <laughs> uh, but I, I really you. didn't know why it was just you know, kind of something that seemed interesting to me. Yeah. I, I wasn't making progress towards um, being able to enter that, that program. And I'm sure most people, anybody's been to a design kind of school, very competitive to get into those tracks, um, limited number of seats. Yeah. So uh, I, I met with a faculty advisor, and she's kind of trying to give me the, you might want to start looking for something else to teach. <laughs> And she introduced me to um, industrial design, oh, and uh, so you know, made the trip across campus to visit, and it just something about it immediately connected for me. And, and what I think it was is kind of the human scale. Yeah. You know, architecture is grand and ginormous, and um, it, it's it's overwhelming. Product development or product design is you know it's, it's something you can. Touch. Exactly. In your hand. 
Um, and it's just something about it, you know, connected. I wasn't especially artful. I didn't, you know, I didn't wear a beret. Drink <laughs> <laughs> uh, all the fancy colors, you know. I wasn't, you know, uh, we, we always, you know, as industrial designers, we always kind of joke like we're, we were, we're engineers who are bad at math. <laughs> you know, we, we, we didn't pass physics or chemistry or calculus. I love that so much. So, you know, we could draw and we could build stuff and we could dream. And so industrial design really was that. And then, um, uh, you know, kind of um, actually shortly after one of those radio moments where you know, I didn't didn't get this, this job, um, you know, a, a buddy from college called me up and said, hey, are you still looking? And and you connected me, you know, with somebody that was hired. They had never had a designer on their staff. They had always just kind of, you know, bought what um, different um, suppliers showed to them. And so they were like, well, let's just try it. Right. And uh, it was a blast. <laughs> it was really, you know, they didn't know what to expect from me. So I, I felt like no fear that I, I couldn't really fail. And uh and so had some had some early successes, and of course, anytime you know, you get a little bit of that and get encouraged by that, you, you want more. Oh yeah. And then I had a had a, a boss at the time who just worked me like a dog, but I loved every minute of it. I learned you know a lot from him, and and it just it helped me realize that I would like to do more than just design products. I want want to have kind of some say in the business of how they become the market yeah. and how, how we, you know, how, how we, how we set the strategy for what is the purpose for this product beyond, you know, just the, the art on the page. Right. So tell me a little bit. So um, I really, I really want to speak to students too on this podcast because I think education is huge no matter what facet you're in I think either going to trade school for welding or whatever it may be tile for anything I think education is massive so tell me a little bit about how progress you also do the internships if somebody is wanting to go into product development what what advice would you give to those students listening today yeah, students today are, are really so much more sophisticated, you know, than, than when I was their age. Uh, we, we do have both industrial design interns um, as well as marketing and engineering um, interns. So um, normally, you know, across colleges, across the whole USA, you know, that recruiting process starts in the fall. Okay. But, you know, definitely encourage, you know, you know we're, we're coming up on the end of the semester, you know, before you kind of, Check out a golf summer break. You know, be thinking strategically about what they want from their uh, future, and you know, look for ways while they're in school to work. And it doesn't mean that they have to, you know, go work at the cafeteria. Or go, but you know, volunteer. Um, you know, we 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 look at two things first and foremost. We, we ask for a portfolio. You know, we need to see what you're capable of. Right. Um, and 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 a lot of times, of course, uh, for for product designers, we want to see how you got there, not just not just the end result. Exactly. You know, what were, how did how did you formulate your idea? How did you explore it? How did you communicate it? And what did that look like as you went through that process? Um, so what you know, so definitely look for opportunities 
to 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 do small things that are real world experience. Um, when I was in school, I had a, a, a dream to make cast iron furniture. And so I just found a manufacturer and I said, Hey, I'll like, you don't have to, I'm not asking for anything. I just want to talk to you. Yeah. Um, and so taking that initiative to get out and find the, the people who do what you're working on at that time, get you know, outside of your own thinking is really important. So we look at portfolio, we look at kind of that, what initiative have you taken that demonstrates the, the kind of initiative you'll take on our behalf, right? Exactly, uh, yeah. You know, I, the worst thing I think, uh, you know, and, and I am not anti-millennial or anti, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't think any generation is lazy or, I mean, I have, my experience is everybody's working just as hard as they can to be the best they can. But you know, sh- show us through that process, again, the kind of that passion. I know the overused word, but you know, show us how you work. Um, we can't tell you everything that you and think. Right. We, we want you kind of reflecting back to us. What does the world look like through your eyes? Because we're trying to market not just the people who look like me and have my situation in life. We're trying to approach the whole market, right? All levels. Lifestyles and economic backgrounds the cultural background. Yes. And I think that's something that is so unique, I think, with your company as well, because you can find it in the highest end lighting stores and you can find it at Lowe's. And that's something that I love whenever I get to share your product. Um, when I do projects, people will say, oh, where did you get that from? Like, well, you can find it here. You can buy it online. You can get it through Lowe's. You can literally get it anywhere possible. So I think that is something that you all have done really well at. And also just your team is so easy. So if anybody reaches out to progress, it, you usually get a response no matter what it is. If it's turning it down or saying yes or saying hello, you always get a response and that's always something that is, I think is very special. So if anybody's out there looking for an internship or has any questions, please reach out to me. I'll be happy to get you in touch with anybody possible. Um, but David, thank you so much for coming on. I love to continue to work with you all and thank you for just saying yes to coming on this podcast, even though I'm just learning what I'm doing. I really appreciate it. Thanks for inviting us. Um, it, it really is uh, something I'm personally also kind of a little interested in. Oh. Curious, you know, kind of how it's working. I look forward to following you as you develop it. Well, thank you. And I will go ahead and give you a brief tip of what I use. So Anchor is the overall podcast hub, I think it is. It's free. It's easy to use. And you can literally, what I'm recording on right now, you can edit it. And then you can also send it with, any platform that you're using. So take a note on that because I think that is something, so if anybody's listening out there, Anchor is the thing to use. Um, I was a newbie and learned how to set up all this equipment in about 45 minutes and then had some instructions and I was like, Googling, what app do you use next to even begin doing a podcast with Anchor? So take it off and see. <laughs> well, sweet. Well, I, we will be talking soon and I Thank you again. That's all I can say. Thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Have a good one.